leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That long ball is going to go for a touchdown. The game's over. Webster Slaughter. Metcalf. Real goal. For the score. Unbelievable. 45-40. Run, William, run. He's got blockers in front. Five. Touchdown. Joshua Cribbs turns disaster into a score. Sight wants it all on this one for Logan. And he is there. Jim Brown with the 30. Jim Brown is going to go in for another touchdown. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Wow. It is Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Hello, Cleveland. Welcome to another episode of the 1085 Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Jokey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host of North Coast Sports, Jack McCurdy. How are you doing tonight, Jack? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, you know, we've been running through uh, every division in football. This is our last episode of our divisional previews. Uh, so we got the NFC North and the AFC North uh, lined up for you today. Uh, we have a special guest with us, uh, much like we did in our first episode of these. Uh, we have Brian Fonfara, who you guys have heard on this podcast before. Uh, if you haven't, you guys are, are in for uh, a special treat because Brian's a, a great dude and um, you know he's very well tuned in uh, to everything that goes on up in the NFC North. He does a podcast that focuses on the Green Bay Packers. That podcast is called Pack to the Future. Uh, I really encourage you guys to check that out. Even though it's not our team, we, they do a really good job with that podcast. So without further ado, we are going to jump right into the interview with Brian Fafara, and we'll be back right after this. Well, it is our honor uh, to once again be joined by Brian. Uh, you're going to have to say it because I, I just literally asked you two seconds ago, <laughs> and, and I forgot. This is the kind of day I'm having. I'm still not fully awake. Fonfaro, correct? That's the one. Okay, good. Thank God. Uh, he is one of the hosts of the Pack to the Future podcast. Um, Brian's been on with us before, so I'm sure you recognize uh, his voice. How you doing, Brian? Mm-hmm. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while, but I'm doing great. Appreciate you having me on again. Of course. Uh, we want to get you on. We're previewing uh, every single division. Uh, so we thought that we would get you on here to preview the NFC North. Uh, since the Packers are kind of the, the, the kings of the North, uh, right. the NFC North, we figured we'll get a Packers guy on here and we'll discuss uh, a lot of things uh, with that division. But overall, what is your, you know, you had the Vikings uh, that went deep into the playoffs, uh, obviously mm-hmm. the Packers. Um, you know, you had the Lions who – you know, could, can also be a playoff team. Um, mm-hmm. You have the Bears that seem to be uh, on the up and up. What's your overall viewpoint on how this division is going to shake out? Man, this has to be the most interesting division in football right now. You've got 
the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers coming back, some coaching changes. They made more moves than I can probably even remember off the top of my head. Uh, you've got the Vikings who went to the NFC Championship, um, replaced their three-headed monster at quarterback with Kirk Cousins, probably the most interesting quarterback in the league. Um, whether whether interesting is a good thing or not, I don't know. Um You've got the Lions are probably the most boring of all of them, but you know they did at least go out and get a Bill Belichick protege at head coach now, so they're not going to be boring overall, I guess. Um, and then the Bears, who have just made move after move, you know, just added Khalil Mack. A lot has to go right in terms of their quarterback position and new head coach, but man, it's interesting stuff to watch this year. Yeah, most definitely, and you know it's. Uh... You said it's an interesting division. Um, how do you see, you know, like I mentioned, you had two playoff teams. The Lions could potentially be a third. How do you see the, the division shaking out uh, in terms of uh, record-wise? Um, so we just did our official preview on Pack to the Future last week, and the order that I put it in was Packers, Vikings, Lions, and Bears. Um I've got to switch those last two at this point for sure. The Bears adding Mac, that defense is going to be fierce. And, you know, the Lions are the team that I fear the least in this division right now. Um, the Bears, like I said, a lot has to go right with their quarterback in order for me to put them in the playoffs. But I, I could see them at this point finishing, you know, an 8-8, eight and eight, something like that, pushing for a playoff spot, but probably not quite making it. Um, and then with the the Vikings and the Packers barring some kind of injury on either side. This is going to be an absolute dogfight between the two of them. I think um, both sides have a lot going for them right now. And uh, I don't know the Packers making their coaching changes. I think people are underestimating that impact. The Packers getting Aaron Rodgers back. I think people are under underestimating that impact. So I have them, you know, it's like a 12 and four, 11 and five kind of, season for them and the Vikings being you know a game behind at most at the end of the season um, possibly same record and we just win through tiebreak or something like that but that's the way I view it now let's jump right into the Packers you know uh, obviously like you said they made a bunch of changes to the coaching staff they just they added Jimmy Graham and of course they just made Aaron Rodgers the highest paid player in NFL history Mm -hmm. Uh, Brian when you look at the the Packers I my major concern with them was still the offensive line um you know I haven't followed them closely like you have have they made significant upgrades to ensure that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay healthy to make sure he's worth all that money the significant upgrade that they can make is health it it was when injuries happened that the offensive line really kind of went downhill last year um when healthy there are really only three or four offensive lines in football that I would rather have than the Green Bay Packers. Um, they are that good when everybody's healthy, and hopefully Brian Bulaga will make his return on Sunday night. Um, I wouldn't exactly count on it, but he, he could. Um, yeah, their their interior, I think, is fine. I think they have decent depth there. It's It's their depth at the tackle position, specifically right tackle, that has been a serious problem area. So... Um, any other position on that line I feel okay with. Again, it's health. Health is what they need more than anything. Um, you know, looking at 
of the addition of Jimmy Graham on offense. How do you see him fitting in? And then they added maybe one of my favorite uh, receivers in the draft in EQ. How do you see EQ fitting into the offense as well? Um, all right, well, we'll start with Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is a target unlike any Aaron Rodgers has ever had. Um, neither of those two players have played much in this preseason, um, really all about preserving health. But you look at the one drive that ended in a Rodgers to Graham touchdown against the Steelers and Aaron Rodgers, it looked like he was just kind of testing him. Like he threw that ball three feet too high. And any other player on the Packers does not make a touchdown there. But Jimmy Graham caught it like it was nothing. It was really encouraging to see. Rodgers hasn't had a receiving threat like that that he could, you know, misplace a throw or, you know, throw it where nobody else could possibly catch it. And then the receiver still make the catch. So Graham with his athletic ability and his size, I I look at – I look at him being used a lot and moved around the field a lot. Um, between the twenties is, you know, what you know we'll see. I don't know how much they'll use him. I know they'll want to establish a running game. I know they'll want to hit outside, but in the red zone at least, I would say Graham's going to catch a lot of touchdowns. Uh, as for EQ, I don't see him having a huge impact at this point. Um, he's kind of sixth in line probably at this point. Um, yeah, that could change, you know, once you get past the the top three of Devonte Adams, Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison, it's a lot more wide open. But, um, you know, you also have to factor he is behind Jimmy Graham for targets as well. So at best, even if he improves, he's he's the fifth option. So I don't see him having a huge impact if he can come in and and have a couple of, you know, big plays from time to time you know, three or four long catches or something like that, a couple touchdowns, I'll be happy with that. Like, really ecstatic with that, to be honest. You know, another big addition that you guys made this offseason was a new defensive coordinator. Browns fans Mm -hmm. should be familiar with him, Mike Pettin. Um, How has his defense looked so far through the preseason, and what are the expectations um, under his leadership now? You know, the defense has still looked a bit spotty. Um, Some of that is personnel cleanup. We have a new GM as well, and he's, you know, kind of cleaning house a little bit. You know, a lot of the spottiness has been missed tackles more than anything. Um, Biggest concern being the safety position in terms of missed tackles. But, you know, there's only so much a coordinator can do about that. What I've seen, though, is uh, a lot more sophisticated blitz packages where, you know, under Dom Capers, we never got free blitzers, and, and we've had several of those through the preseason. So overall, I'm optimistic because of that, because I see, you know, potential for us to get better pressure on a quarterback, and, and that's going to make things easier for everybody in the back end. Um, I think there are pretty high hopes overall. Um, part of that is just not having Dom Capers here anymore. I think that might buy you a couple wins just from firing him. Um, but... They're definitely playing with more of a swagger. They're playing with more of a confidence. And I think you'll see even more of that once the regular season comes along. Uh, Really, it's all about cleaning up the tackling. Uh, I think that will probably be the final frontier for him. Um, And if they can do that, I think everybody is expecting a, you know, top 15 defense under him. Well, let's look at the biggest uh, competition to the Packers, and that is the Minnesota Vikings. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they they went out and signed Kirk Cousins. Uh, they're going to be getting Dalvin Cook back uh, from injury. How do you mm-hmm. see those two guys uh, coming in and potentially propelling the Vikings um, even further than the Packers this season? I think this is a downgrade at the quarterback position overall. Um, not that Kirk Cousins isn't better than Case Keenum. Uh, I can't fault them for replacing Keenum with Cousins. I, like that on the surface is an upgrade, but when you look at the season that Case Keenum had and you know the way Sam Bradford was playing before that, the production they got out of quarterback last year in Minnesota is so far above anything Kirk Cousins has ever done. And I think it's I think it's a lot to expect him to come in and match that. Um, now, he does have a really good defense behind him. He's got a couple really good targets. Uh, Delvin Cook, I would expect by week four or five, is going to you know catch his stride, you know, get his legs back under him, any rust will be gone. So he has no excuse not to play really well. But, yeah, just... Overall, I'm just not a huge fan of Kirk Cousins. I, I've never been a huge fan of his game. Uh, he strikes me as an above-average quarterback. And like I said, what they got out of Case Keenum last year is definitely better than what they'll get out of Cousins this year. So I don't know that they're going to take a step back per se, but you know, I definitely don't see Cousins being the guy that takes them over the top in terms of being a Super Bowl contender. With all the money that they gave Cousins and – um, could you see it as as a Super Bowl, or you know, kind of with the Green Bay Packers, it's kind of Super Bowl and bust. Can you kind of see that playing out with the Minnesota Vikings as well? I, I see them as having a one year window open at this point. Um, next year, there's going to be some more difficult financial decisions for them to make, and they'll have to consider, you know, the fact that they're spending thirty million dollars on Kirk Cousins now. Um, it's all guaranteed; they can't get any kind of easement out of that. Um, it's for me, a one year window. I don't see it happening. Um, but with how good that defense is, if cousins can play within the system, the way that case Keenum did, it wouldn't shock me to see the Vikings go to the super bowl and even win it this year. Um, I don't think they will, but it wouldn't shock me. You know, looking at the Detroit lions, I think they were a nine and seven team last year. Um, you know, obviously they switch coaches. Matt Patricia's in. Uh, Caldwell's out. Um, the way Patricia has uh, handled this team so far, do you think he is the right fit, or do you just think it'll be a wait and see approach? It's for me a wait and see approach right now. Uh, it's not that I don't have faith that Patricia can be a good head coach. It's every head coach that has come out of Belichick's coaching tree has failed. So I'm I, I understand why Lions fans are optimistic about having him. Uh, he, he's proven time and time again to be a good defensive coordinator and and I get it. But man, looking at the history of of all the coaches that have come out of New England since Bill Belichick has been head coach, I I can't go into the season fearing what the Lions are going to do based on who their head coach is right now. So totally wait and see for me right now uh, when you look at the lions roster um what do you see as their biggest hole whether it be on offense or on defense <sighs> good question um i don't think their defensive line is going to be quite what it has been in the past um you know they they let go of Pelotinata. 
Um, not that he's, you know, a big name at this point. Um, they did keep Ezekiel Ansa, so they're going to get pass rush from it. But, uh, again, like it, you look back at the last, you know, eight years or so, and that's always been their biggest strength. I don't think it's going to be quite what it has been. Um, offensively they've, you know, there's always gaps on that line. Tight end is a pretty big mystery for them at this point. Um, they've really struggled to get a running game going for a few years now. So, They've got a few um, offensively. I'd probably say it's that running game defensively. I don't know if the line would be considered a weakness. You know, they might have a bit more of a weakness at uh, safety maybe. Um, but I don't know. They kind of strike me as a team that doesn't have any glaring weaknesses, but they also you know only have a few major strengths. So, you know, that's where I put them at being an average team. Yeah, I think their depth is the biggest concern. You know, we just played them Thursday night in the preseason finale, and Mm -hmm. our backups ran up and down on their defense, and their offense really didn't show anything either. So I think if any of their major contributors go down, it's going to be a big problem. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I I spend most of my time looking at that starting lineup, and and that's where I see solidity pretty much everywhere. But yeah, you're right. that, That could definitely be an issue for them. Maybe the, the biggest storyline uh, of the NFC North is just happened a, uh, a couple days ago, and that is that the Chicago Bears traded for Cleo Mack uh, from the Oakland mm-hmm. Raiders. They gave up two first-round picks. Uh, I think they gave up also a second and a third uh, in that trade. Um, how do you see Cleo Mack coming into this young Bears defense and – um, you know, they, they've been the, the seller dweller for the last couple of seasons. How do you see them potentially turning it around this season? So we're talking about what was already ranked the number 10 defense in the league last year. I, I hate the fact that they added Cleo Mack. I'll be honest, as a Green Bay Packer fan, I am not happy about it. Um, that was the one thing that their defense was really missing was that premier pass rusher and they just got it. Uh, I don't think they overpaid neither in salary nor in compensation in the trade. I think, I think they pulled off something really special to be perfectly honest. The bears are, the bears are doing everything right this off season. Um, and, and it pains me to say that the formula for winning a Super Bowl right now is while your quarterback is underpaid, you go stock up on everything else and you just got to catch lightning in a bottle. They have everything else um, or at least pretty close. You know, they spent on weapons for Trubisky. They've you know spent on the offensive line for Trubisky. They've addressed the defense in a couple different ways. They signed Chase Daniel, a good backup quarterback, veteran experienced guy, uh, really going to help, you know, behind the scenes with them. It really a lot does depend on Trubisky being good enough. You know, you look at Nick Foles last year. He was good enough. You know, he's not heading into preseason. He's not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, but they just had everything else going for them. And that's kind of what the Bears have right now. So Trubisky does have to take a major step forward, but everything else or at least close to everything else is in place. So um, the bears are not going to be an easy team to beat any week. um, And they just got a lot harder to beat adding Khalil Mack. Um, Yeah. I I don't look forward to, to what he might do on Sunday night. 
you know, we do pay attention to Mitchell Trubisky just because he is a Northeast Ohio native. So we uh, we did follow him closely last year. Mm-hmm. Did he show any flashes um, that he could be a potential franchise quarterback? And now, like you said, they surrounded him with a lot of weapons. Plus, they are, he already had Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Um, do you think he can take the step forward to show that he is the franchise guy this year? You know, he could. Um watching him as much as I did last year, I didn't, I didn't necessarily see franchise quarterback out of him. Um, he's got the potential. There's a reason that he was picked so high by the bears. Um, but you know, I don't, I haven't, you know, tracked him this preseason at all. So I'm not sure what progress he's made. Um, really what he needs to do is what a guy we already talked about case Keenum, what he did in Minnesota last year, um, rely on a running game, you know, stand behind a good offensive line. Don't turn the ball over and, you know, make a big play now and then, um, which I think he, I think that he has shown the ability to do. I'm not sure he showed that he is or will be a franchise guy, you know, an Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady. I, I haven't seen anything like that from him. But I haven't seen I haven't seen anything to say that he can't be at least a major step forward. Um, you know, as we wrap up here, uh, you know, we mentioned Mac is obviously the biggest storyline, and I saw that the uh, Green Bay Packers were heavily involved uh, mm-hmm. in that. Do you have any idea what kind of offer that they made to Oakland? The only details I've seen have been that they made an offer that included two first round picks. Um, so leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What I am compelled to believe at this point is that, you know, the Bears, you know, with their swap of a second and third round pick and then throwing in a late round pick that those, those, coupled with the fact that the bears are likely to have higher picks than the Packers in that time frame, that to me, that just had to be the icing on the cake. You know, they were going for as high a pick as they could. Um, and then those, uh, you know, swapping a second for a third, adding a sixth, that's what really just put it over the top. So I got the vibe that the Packers did everything that they felt comfortable doing in order to, acquire Khalil Mack and the Raiders just picked a different deal. Uh, we, we briefly mentioned it uh, earlier. What is your uh, official uh, standings for the NFC North or projected standings? So I officially have the Packers winning it. I have them at 12 and four. I have the Vikings at 11 and five right after them. I have the bears after getting Mack at eight and eight. And then I have the lions, I think maybe six and 10, seven and nine. They're the ones that are really hard to predict, but yeah, that's, that's my order of it. Yeah. You, when you have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, uh, who's a very good quarterback, uh, even when everything else is suspect, it, it it's very hard. Like you mentioned to predict, um, how that season can turn out. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Brian, I appreciate you coming on. It's, like I mentioned earlier, it's been a long time since we talked. I think it yep. was uh, around draft time, maybe, uh, that we had uh, recorded an episode. Um, Something like that. Do you want to let everyone know how they can listen to you and, and your Pack to the Future podcast? Yeah, uh, you can find everything. We have a website, packtothefuture.com, uh, where we have you know articles, a few different podcasts. You can find our official podcast of pack to the future there you can find us on itunes you can find us on the google play store all that kind of stuff uh you can find us on twitter at pttf underscore podcast all right brian i appreciate it and hopefully uh it won't be so long uh before we talk again because uh you know this is your third time on uh, i I believe and um I think that would officially make you a, a regular uh, on this podcast, uh, even though it's been I'm, so long. So I'm uh, honored. I, I appreciate you coming on, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. I really hope you guys uh, enjoyed that interview with Brian. Uh, like I said uh, before we started the interview, Brian's a really great guy, and uh, they do a good job with his podcast over at Pack to the Future. And you know, I think this is our third time talking to him, so – uh, it's nice to talk to you, a familiar voice, and I hope you guys learned everything you need to know about the NFC North and what a competitive that division is going to be this year. Um, now let's move on to our division, the AFC North. Uh, you know, it's the one we're most familiar with, obviously. Uh, you know, it's going to be a very interesting year in this division because I think you're going to start to see a transition of how this division is going to look over the next three, four, five, even ten years. And uh, to me, that's going to be the, the rise of the Browns. But what we're going to do is uh, we have a question about each team. And, you know, we're going to go through each team here and, and uh, answer these questions uh, the best we can. Uh, looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, um, you know, Andy Dalton's kind, kind of struggled um, a little bit. Do you think uh, Andy Dalton and this revamped offense – um, can get everything back on track with the with the Bengals and potentially uh, head back to the playoffs uh, that they were in for a couple of three years. I, I think it's definitely possible. I you know before the preseason, I was kind of thinking that maybe the Bengals were just going to completely fall off the rails, and you know this was going to be it for Marvin Lewis. I think this is his final year under contract, presumably unless he signs another one year extension. Um, but, you know, I watched the Bengals, their third preseason game against the Buffalo Bills, and I was impressed with the way the offensive line looked. You know, they had lost Whitworth and Zeitler a year ago, and the, the line looked shaky. But this past offseason, they went out, they traded for Cordy Glenn from the Buffalo Bills, they drafted Billy Price in the first round of the draft, and their offensive line looked good. And Andy Dalton looked like the Andy Dalton a couple years ago when he was an MVP candidate. And, um, you know, he's still got A.J. Green. The John Ross had an unbelievable touchdown against Buffalo on the opening drive. And, you know, they still have Gio Bernard and Joe Mixon in the backfield. And they even added Mark Walton, the rookie out of Miami. So they have another three-headed monster in that backfield. It'll be interesting to see how Bill Lazor, the new offensive coordinator, utilizes them all. But um, I think the, Dal- the Bengals are always going to be a imposing challenge to the AFC North teams and if that offensive line can stay intact and if Tyler Eifert can stay healthy and AJ Green can stay like AJ Green I 
have no doubt in my mind that the Bengals can be in contention. I, I, a lot of people uh, knock Andy Dalton, but you know, if you look at his numbers compared to Hall of Fame quarterbacks, he's right on par with some of those guys. So, uh, obviously, Andy Dalton isn't a slouch at quarterback. And if the Browns didn't have Tyrod or Baker Mayfield, I would have no problem seeing Andy Dalton in orange and brown. So, I think the Bengals are uh, they're going to be around uh, at the end of the season. I think for the division, and um, there's no doubt about that, in my opinion. You know, they re-signed two guys on their defensive line. Uh, how much do you consider that to be a factor moving on into the season? Are those two guys going to dominate? Um, because they're both young players, so you know they're coming off the rookie contracts. Are, are these two guys going to, to be a force to reckon with in the AFC North? Yeah, uh, you know, Geno Adkins and Carlos Dunlap, they're not they're – not, uh, I hate to – Correct you, Anthony. They've been around the league for about eight years, so they're you, not. You know what? This is like the first time in like five episodes you've done it, so I, yeah. I'm allowed this screw up. Yeah, but you know they're still in their prime. Adkins is 30, Dunlap's 29, so there's still good football left in them. And you know you got to keep consistency around when you have good players or above average players like these guys. You have to keep them around. I think. It's continuity that keeps these te- these franchises successful. Um, you know, keeping them around. They brought back Michael Johnson, which I think is for like the 14th time. Um, and he's only played in the league nine years, but it seems like they cut him and bring him back all the time. Uh, they drafted Sam Hubbard, who was underrated at Ohio State. And I think getting on the defensive line, being around those guys, I think he could be a force in, a, in the next year or two. Um, Andrew Billings had flashes at defensive tackle last year. Uh, they added Preston Brown, you know, the defensive secondary, Drake Kirkpatrick, William Jackson, Darquez Denard. You know, there's a lot of talent back there in that secondary. So I, and you got Vontez perfect when he comes back off the four game suspension, we all know what kind of player he is at the linebacker position. So I think there's talent on this Bengals team. It's just, can they can they put it all together? Because I think if they put it all together, they can challenge Pittsburgh in the AFC North. Uh, ultimately, I don't think they will in the end. I think they'll be around, but ultimately, I would give the nod to Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, let's talk about the Steelers because uh, there there's been quite a, a bit of drama uh, here recently, and for those that haven't been paying attention, uh, Le'Veon Bell still hasn't reported to the team. Uh, over the last couple of days, you've had Pittsburgh offensive linemen um, saying some very interesting things about Le'Veon, how he should be there, uh, how he's already, you know, how he already makes more than enough money, and um, you know he makes like ten times the amount that we do, so you know he should be here. Um, you know, you had an offensive lineman post a picture of Le'Veon Bell dressed up as uh, Words Waldo, and posted that on Twitter. So, you know, there seems to be some kind of uh, major disconnect going on on this team do you see uh two things do you think it's possible Le'Veon gets traded and never sees the field again as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh will this situation continue to uh, linger even if he is gone I don't know if they trade him I think the Steelers are have put their foot down and say you know we're not going to rescind your uh, franchise tag. I don't really think they'd trade him unless the team would come calling and blow them away with like a, an offer, like a Camille, the Khalil Mack trade. Um, 
I also don't think, and a lot of people are saying, well, this is, you know, the Discord and the Steelers locker room over this. It might, you know, put this team off the rails. I think these kind of situations, a team rallies around it, and they say, if Le'Veon Bell's not here, we don't need him. We'll be fine with the guys we have. Granted, the guys they have is James Conner, who, uh, you know, had some flashes in the preseason, but he's still very raw as a rookie. Um, and Stephen Ridley, who's been around the league for seven, eight years. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out with Pittsburgh. I think Bell will probably show up at some point in the season. He, he's not going to be in game shape. He's not going to be the running back. We've grown accustomed to seeing him being through his first uh, five seasons in the National Football League. But when he does get in shape, he's going to be a threat on offense, whether it's running the ball or being a pass catcher. Uh, you know, this Steelers unit offense, you know, they need Bell, but then they also don't need Bell because I think they'll just adjust and keep on chugging because you look at this group that the Steelers have offensively, they're supremely talented. So I don't think it'll phase them too much. It might phase them a little bit, but I think the Steelers will keep on moving. And, and when you look at the Steelers, they still have Antonio Brown, and, you know, he's someone that you always have to pay attention to. Uh, when you look at uh, Ben Roethlisberger, how much longer do you think he has in the league? How much longer do you think he's going to stick around? Because there were a lot of rumors this past offseason that he he might have even retired this past offseason. So how long do you think he's going to stick around? It, I mean, the fact that he's mulling retirement already tells me that he might have one foot out the door. But even with one foot out the door, you still got to watch Ben Roethlisberger. He's one of the top ten quarterbacks in football, uh, consistently puts up 4,000 yards a season. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, he could throw the ball 50 times a game and you wouldn't think it, it doesn't drain him. He, he's just going to keep chucking that football down the field. He's still accurate throwing the ball. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. I mean, he averages around, I would say, 11, 12 a season. But he's also throwing at least 25 to 40 touchdowns a season. That's just how good he is. And 36 years old, you know, you see all these aging quarterbacks around the league, Brady, Rivers, Eli, Ben, I mean, they doesn't seem like they're they're hitting that decline. They just keep on going. Eli might be the exception to that. So it, as long as Ben's out on the field, and Browns fans should know this, we should never count him out because he'll 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 kill you in the end. Well, let's move on to uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They drafted Lamar Jackson in the first round of the NFL draft uh, this past April. Um, is how quickly is Joe Flacco's time running out as a quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens? I, I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't uh, perform up to the level of what they're paying him, it, it, his time will definitely run out. I mean, ever since that Super Bowl season and they paid him all that money, he hasn't really lived up to that contract, ex- with the exception of 2014. Uh, the team's been around 500 the whole time. He's been hurt or he's just been inconsistent, you know, not throwing many touchdowns and sometimes throwing just as many interceptions as touchdowns. Um, you know, he's 33. And while he's still an accurate quarterback to a degree in terms of completion percentage, uh, the turnovers are there. And, you know, while Lamar Jackson's not ready yet to be a quarterback, it's obvious that the Ravens drafted him in the first round for a reason. And if Flacco struggles, uh, it would not surprise me at one bit because I also think that Harbaugh could be fighting for his job at the end of the se- at some point this season. 
we could see Lamar Jackson out there on the field and the dynamic playmaking ability that he brings to the table, what you've seen at Louisville when he won the Heisman and set a bunch of records, he can bring that to this uh, Ravens offense, which looks a little lackluster when you look at the talent that's around Flacco. Um, it won't shock me one bit if he struggles, Lamar Jackson's on the field as a rookie. How much would you say it's that Harbaugh is on the hot seat versus that it's Ozzie Newsom's last year and the new general manager might want to bring in, bring in his own head coach? It's a mixture of both. I think there's no doubt about it, although the 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 guy that's replacing Ozzie Newsom's been in the organization for a while. So unless, you know, the ownership's telling him, you know, when you take over, you don't have to keep Harbaugh, then you you make that decision then. But, you know, Harbaugh, much like Flacco, since he's won the Super Bowl, he's had one 10-win season, two 8-8 eight eight seasons, a 5-11, and 11, and a 9-7. and seven. Uh, He's won 59% of his games. I mean, it's much like Brian Billick. You won that Super Bowl, and then you are an average coach after that. And it's, you know, Harbaugh's got to prove that, you know, he can still lead these guys to the Super Bowl or, you know, deep postseason run because he hasn't really shown it since that Super Bowl run. And it makes you wonder if that Super Bowl run was just a fluke on Harbaugh's part. Oh. On our next episode, we are going to really look at the Browns and look at their roster, and you know, talk about who's going to be um, like offensive player of the year for the Browns, MVP for the Browns, and whatnot. So, really, the only question I have for you in this divisional preview about the Browns is how many wins must Hugh Jackson get this season in order to save his job? Uh, you know, well. We're going to talk about the Browns in the next episode, but I'm picking them to win six and six to go six and ten. And ultimately, I think I don't think that's enough for Hugh Jackson. Honestly, when you're in the position he's in and you're John Dorsey, the general manager, with all the talent that's on this roster, I could argue that the Browns could win eight nine games and you know maybe challenge for a wild card spot, maybe. Because the team's still quite young, and they got guys that haven't won before, literally haven't won before on the NFL, and they got to learn how to win. So that's why I lowered my expectations down to five, six wins, ultimately six and ten. Uh, for Hugh, you know, he's supposed to, he's shoveled the coaching staff up. He's added Todd Haley, so now he can be that CEO of the franchise, and he's still making mistakes, just like he was when he was offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. He was. He had his hands in a lot of different roles, and he's still making mistakes now when he's strictly just the head coach. I would think in his position, if he doesn't get more than six wins, then ultimately I think John Dorsey's going to go to the Haslam's and say we need to make a change. I think we can do better at head coach. And Hugh has got to pull out all stops to try to win football games because he's got to win a lot of them, or unfortunately he's going to be unemployed, which I ultimately think he will be at the end of the season. I think the number six is absolute borderline number of 50-50, whether he will or will not be fired. If there's anything less for that, he's absolutely gone. Um, if he wins seven or more, uh, I think he stays. But, you know, I'll chalk it up to 50-50 if, you know, they get to that sixth number. So to, to really answer the question, uh, I think he has to get seven wins this season uh, to save his job. Um, I, I think it's – I think they can get there, but – it's going to take, 
you know, all those errors we saw last season with clock management issues, play calling, and, and whatnot, those have to go away this year. If you're going to win seven, eight, nine football games, that's something that has to change right away. Um, in this preseason, we've still seen a lot of penalties. Uh, that's something that has to get cleaned up. But, um, you know, when you're looking at Hugh Jackson, I, I think he has to win seven games in, in order to save his job. Give me your divisional winners for the NFC North and the AFC North. For the AFC North, I'm going with Pittsburgh because I think despite all the stuff going on with Le'Veon Bell, I still think this is a talented football team led by Ben Roethlisberger, uh, led by the guys on defense. Obviously, you got Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. And I'm telling people right now, especially Browns fans, watch out for James Washington, the rookie receiver out of Oklahoma State. He might not do anything in this opener against Cleveland, but I think you've seen – the flashes of him in the preseason. And I think once he gets acclimated with Ben Roethlisberger, he's going to be a deep threat on offense for Pittsburgh. And he could be an X factor for that team. Uh, They're the only team out of the AFC North that have gone to the playoffs in the AFC on the NFC North. I'm going with Minnesota as the division winners. I think that defense is far too talented to uh, not be a division winner. And I think Kirk Cousins, you know, he's getting a lot of flag because of the contract and the expectations are definitely going to be high for the Vikings. It's going to be Super Bowl or bust because of the moves they made and getting rid of all three quarterbacks for Kirk Cousins. But I think it'll pay off where they make the playoffs and make a run towards the Super Bowl, but ultimately won't get it, which we'll get to in the next episode. Um, And then I also have the Packers making the playoffs because if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, he's the best quarterback in the game. And I can't go against the team led by Aaron Rodgers not making the playoffs. Uh, for me, the AFC North or the NFC North, I have the Packers winning uh, the North, and I think Minnesota is also going to make it. Uh, for the AFC North, I have two teams going. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to win the division, and I will save the second team for our next show that we're going to do. And I'll, I'll leave you guys hanging uh, at that one. Before we get on out of here, uh, you want to go ahead and plug everything? Yep. As always, follow me on Twitter at jmccurrycle. Check out my site, thenorthcoastsports.com, for all the latest on Cleveland sports. And check out the other podcasts that myself and Anthony do, the North Coast Sportscast, available on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. Follow that on Twitter at NC Sportscast and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts at. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Jokey, Jokey I. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter and on Facebook at 1085 Gridiron. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review our podcast. You're uh, muted. Son of a bitch. All right. Uh, as always, uh, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Anthony Jokey, Jokey I. Uh, you can find our podcast on I. Uh, uh, you can find our feed from the podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at 25 Gridiron. Uh, please subscribe, re- review our podcast. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and most importantly, Spotify. Uh, we just hit ten, uh, 10 reviews on uh, iTunes. We would absolutely appreciate more. If we get more, we will probably do a giveaway uh, at some point. Uh, I'll leave you with this, as I do at the end of every episode, and that is Go Browns. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.